G'day guys, Jay here with another episode of Pesty Profiles, the podcast where we get up close and personal with our fellow pesties. And once again, joining me is my lovely co-host, not only the president of the Professional Women in Australian Pest Management, but also my beautiful wife. How are you, Nikki? I'm good, thank you, darling. Your guests keep getting better and better, so I'm, I'm excited to be in on this one again. Are you, are you as excited as I am? Oh, I think I'm more excited, actually. I am literally pinging at the moment because <laughs> not only are we actually interviewing the uh, 2021 Australian Pest Manager of the Year, but we've actually got him right here in our studio office, you call it, I guess, right yep. here in front of me. So with that, Tom Aldridge from Suburban Pest Management. How are you, Tom? I'm very well, thanks, Jay. Good to be here. Good. And, mate, start off, big congratulations. Very well deserved. No, thank you. It's, uh, it's been great. It's been a bit unreal, really. Um, so tell me, um, you're actually on holidays at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a bit of a bizarre couple of weeks. We're, um, we're staying here uh, up at Cotton Tree Caravan Park for a couple of weeks. Camping. In the, in the school holidays, camping. Yeah, we're caravanning. So. And like how else, oh, the pest gods are seriously looking down on me at the moment because we actually tried to organise this um, podcast about three weeks ago. And for various reasons, you couldn't do it, then I couldn't do it, and then we tried to nail down last week, but we just couldn't actually, uh, I was too busy. And so we postponed it to this week, um, and lo and behold, Thursday night, you get announced as the 2021 Pest Manager of the Year. Yeah, funny timing. It, uh, we would have had to redo it probably if, uh, if we'd done it last week, so funny how it works. Yeah. Happy to postpone it. Pest gods are seriously looking down on me. Um, so you were camping when you actually got told. Yeah, yeah, it was almost a comical night, not to do with the awards, but just um, our situation personally. So, been to a few of the the uh, awards nights over the years, and yep. um, they've been great nights and uh, great to to have a few drinks with the winners and, and celebrate. Um, but we were, uh, yeah, we went out to dinner for a couple of hours at, at the boat shed there. So, uh, and that's where the night got a bit weird. So, I'd specifically made a booking to try and. Um, find a quiet table where we could put the iPad and, and watch the awards and, and they didn't even have our booking so it's 5.58 and about to start and they're trying to find us our booking and so we uh, eventually I, um, explained the situation and they found us a table and we were late for the, the evening and uh, and then uh, yeah eventually when we won we uh, they couldn't even hear us, the audio wasn't working um, and then we it's all right, mate. Your hands keep tapping on the actual pod mic, and I keep hearing the <laughs> dunk, dunk through the actual. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, you know, I'm used to videos, but not radio. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, we we celebrated with a couple of drinks on our own, Carly and I, um, and then we went back to to put the kids in bed. So it yep. was a little bit different to the, the previous awards nights I've been to. Because that's a, not a quiet restaurant. That's no, it. no, it was quite busy. They luckily they put us in the corner where it was about as quiet as you could get for that that restaurant. No one puts Tom in the corner. Uh, <laughs> sorry. That, that wasn't even funny. No, sorry. Was, I need <laughs> that. that. Bom, um, uh, yeah, because they went live to you on your iPad phone. Yeah, yeah. So we, we said a couple of things, but um, unfortunately the audio didn't come through. But no, there was a few technical issues there, weren't there? Yeah, it? yeah. We so. actually wouldn't have heard it from our end anyway because I think we were yahooing and carrying on in the room, when, in our room, in the penthouse when you won. So we celebrated for you. Well, thank you. No. Yeah, I had to tell her, shut up, shut up. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to listen. Um, but no, and look, this hasn't been an overnight success thing either, has it? 
No, it's 10 years in the road. making, really. Yeah. Well, 20, 27, 28 years in the making of Suburban. All right, so give us a bit of a rundown on Suburban and give us a bit of a rundown of how it led to where you are now. Sure. Uh, well, my mother and father, Rich and Angela, started it in uh, 1994. And uh, so I grew up in the business and uh, kind of experienced it even at a young age where we weren't allowed to answer the home phone because it was the work phone. And uh, yeah, so they got bigger from there. And uh, when I left school, I didn't really have anything else that I knew what to do at the time. So uh, my father said, why don't you do, do pest control for a little while, see see what comes up, see if you want to do anything different. And yeah, 15 years later, um, still here. But uh, yeah, couple, uh, about a year or two after that, Carly uh, came into the business. So we actually um, worked together. Was it together. love at first sight? Was it, Tom? Well, it's, uh, it, it was. That's, um, that might be a, a separate story. <laughs> uh, Carly and I actually knew each other from school. So we, uh, we went to, to high school together. Uh, and so we've been together since year 12. And uh, yeah, she was looking for another job. So a couple of years out of school, she, she joined us as well. Um, and then it was 2011 that uh, that we uh, we bought the business off mum and dad and, and took over. So uh, funny timing, ten years uh, this ten years in December is when we took over. So hang on, don't hear that right? Did you hook up with Carly at work? No, no. Oh, we, okay. were, we, um, we were together since year twelve. Oh, okay, gotcha. And, um, and then yeah, because um, she was looking for uh, a career in admin, yep. she, she joined uh, the admin team yep. at Suburban, and I was already a technician. Yep. So, so you were childhood sweethearts, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so then you took over in 2011, you said? That's right, yeah. Why? Um, well, I think it was a natural progression. I was yep. keen to um, to take over at some stage. But, um, yeah, uh, mum and dad had had enough at that point. And, yeah, it was it was a, a bit of a scary time. We, we got married in October of 2011. We went on a trip to the states for a few weeks and when we got back they said oh it's about time you, you take it over we'll give you a few weeks to sort your finances out and and you can take it over in december and um we just spent all the money on on a wedding um so we maxed out credit cards coming up with about fifteen thousand. we managed to to come up with before we we took over the business we worked out what we'd pay for the business and Fortunately, with with family, it was you know vendor finance helped a lot, so we didn't have to go to the bank for all of that. Um, but yeah, we we had nine staff at the time. We had fifteen grand in the bank, and wages were about ten grand a week. So we we needed the first week to to be strong, so that we uh, we could pay wages and, and keep going from there. And um, so the first month was particularly scary, and then you got the Christmas break and all of that. But yeah, it's a bit of a blur to be honest. We made it through, and yeah. So there wasn't really much of a transition period then. Uh, they stayed, um, they stayed on for about three months, six months to help. But um, no, all the work was done done prior to that. So okay. From about nineteen years of age, I was I was you know doing sixty hours a week in the business and committed to to trying to learn as much as I can about the industry and about business. Were you scared? Um, a little bit. Yep. A little bit, but. Um, no, I, I, I had faith in uh, yeah, what I've been shown by, by mum and dad. They taught me a lot and they taught Carly a lot and I had faith in Carly. I knew she was um, knew exactly what she was doing and, and was, um, we were going to act as you know, a really good team. I, I, just, uh, I did have belief that we would, we would get through it. Yeah, okay. All right, so let's get back to the wards then. So 
Obviously, we, we won Pest Manager of the Year Awards in 2017, so I've got a really good idea on the, the process of it, and um, we had a ball going through it, actually. When was the first time you entered Pest Manager of the Year Awards? Is this the first time? Yeah, this was actually the first time, time we'd entered, so I didn't really know what to expect. Um, and uh, Yeah, well, Car- Carly and I actually spoke about it uh, before... Before we entered, we were actually a bit unsure because we hadn't done it before and we didn't really know if, uh, if it was the right time uh, to enter, but it, uh, we happened to stumble across it. Um, I can't remember. It might have been on Facebook they were mentioning it. Yep. So I thought, oh, what the hell. Why did you enter? Uh, I think it was, a good, uh, it was a good time to, I guess, see where we were at uh, because we knew that um, we did have a really great business, but on the flip side, as I say, the hesitation was there's so much more that we're trying to achieve over the next couple of years. And because we're not there yet, you have those doubts as to whether or not yeah. you know, it is truly a, a great business. Um, but I think um, you know, you guys also encouraged us a few years ago to, to enter. I know that um, when Kurt from Multipest won, um, having, having beers with him and celebrating, he said the same thing, that we should enter. And um, I remember Troy from Dawson's the year he won, he said the same thing to us. So I think getting encouragement from others made us feel like we should, we should give it a go. Yeah, I mean, me and Nicky were only just having the conversation just last week, thinking, you know, uh, when I teed this interview up, um, because they they need to enter, you know, Pest Manager of the Year. I wonder why they haven't entered Pest Manager of the Year. And then, lo and behold, Thursday night, Suburban Pest Management. There you go. That's awesome. Um, and I think we actually caught up not long after we won. I think you actually come up to Noosa, you and Carly did, and we caught up and had some lunch and discussed that and, and your videos, which we'll get into after. Yeah. Um, but why do you, what do you think makes Suburban Pest Manager, uh, Pest Management, the winner? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a great question. Yeah, up until we won it, as I say, I kind of wasn't even sure that we were. We, um, at the time... It wouldn't be a surprise if you knew, though, Tom. That's the whole idea. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, going through the process, uh, the questions they asked and the answers we gave, it felt like we, we were ticking all the boxes in, in that, you know, we were doing the right things. Um, so it gave me confidence that, you know... What they're asking, it's not like we, we had too many gaps in it, which I thought was really cool. Um, I think ultimately our focus has always been about, um, you know, how do I explain it? Um, it's, our focus has always been about our clients and our staff more than the pests. So one of my favourite sayings is don't let the pest control get in the way of pest control to the team because I think we can be guilty of getting caught up in... The, the pests or the products or the service no, uh, and, and the focus is, is more, you know, our clients and our team. Um, and so, yeah, 10 years of, of focusing on that and the business and, and the delivery of service more than the pests in a funny way, if that makes sense. How, yeah. um, how did the staff take it when you won? Well, that's... That's the sad part. We have, we haven't, because we've been away, we haven't actually seen anyone since we've been away. But we, we've got our team chat, and, and everyone was pretty, pretty excited and, and, and pumped up. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was, it was great. And um, yeah, as I say, a bit disappointing that we couldn't actually celebrate as a group given the, the COVID circumstances. But um, we'll make sure that we, um, we do something uh, yep. when we get back later in the year as a team. Okay. Now we touched on video, so let's. Talk about the videos now, okay? Tell us about the videos. Where did the idea come from and 
why? Um, like a lot of things I do, I, I forget exactly what, what happens. I kind of just keep moving forward. But I know that uh, it was about 2018 and I could just see the power of videos, you know, not so much within the industry but just videos in general with getting your message across, particularly to your, your clients. So without getting caught up in that side of it, uh, you know, there's a big difference between a good job and a bad job in that we can see yep. but the client can't see. They can't we're, really tell the difference yeah, between We're, we're basically an invisible service. That's right. And so for me, trying to get the message across to um, the consumer of what is a good job versus a bad job uh, was really important and I felt like the only way you could really do that is, is through videos. So part of it was, was trying to get that message across to the consumer but the other part of it was with bringing people on with training. Uh, you know, it's, it's tricky. You can have documented processes. You do need... Uh, on one-on-one training on site but ultimately when the guys are out there on site uh, and they need to remember certain things I thought the best way to see how we like to do things would be through video so a big part of it was creating internal training videos on on how this is the steps that we take for for the services and so that was really powerful in the the first 12 months or so creating the the training videos. So the first series of videos you produced were training videos? It was a bit of both we certainly did promotional and the idea so what we actually did is we just jumped both feet in and, and we hired a full-time videographer. We only Oscar. had about uh, – well, originally it was Mitch. Okay. So Oscar's um, been with us about 18 months. But yep. Mitch was the first that came on board. Um, and as I said, we only had about 16, 17 staff at the time. So to hire a video – A full-time videographer. <laughs> only. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, what I mean is only compared to hiring a full-time videographer, that's that's a pretty odd oh, number. It's um, to jump into a full-time yeah. videographer when you you only have that many staff is because you're paying him a full-time wage. A full-time wage, but I could see the potential and the opportunity. Um, I thought if we hired someone casual, only made a couple of videos here and there, we wouldn't get the traction or the momentum that we needed. So um, yeah. So what was it? how many videos a week were you aiming to produce? Uh, it's varied over time. We would make about probably 40 or 50 a month, I oh, would wow. say. Um, ten, not, a, ten not, a week? Not, not at the moment. It depends. So uh, we've that was in the early days and it was easy because I was on site a lot more. We'd go and we'd punch 10 videos out in a day on, on site because yep. I'd, I'd go through the steps and I could find a domestic property and go through a number of different services. So it was much easier to do internal training videos back then um nowadays a lot of it is um yeah to do with um our general processes and and um the training videos that i do from the office not so much on site um so i don't think we would make 50 a month at the moment but um it would probably be pretty close actually it'd be hard to keep coming up with new fresh ideas yeah, a lot of them can be simple, just the Facebook ones um, or the vlogs. So the on-site videos were good. You just, you know, you'd see something interesting and, uh, you know, knock out a 30-second, 60-second video for our social media. Yep. So was getting in front of the camera come naturally for you or did something you really had to work on, practice, to do something to prepare yourself? Um, it wasn't natural. It, and if you look at the older videos, they're... Um, 
I've actually thought about doing a comparison to, to show. Do you cringe when you watch on them? Uh, yeah, even ones from six months ago. Have you um, redone any of them? Because um, you just can't handle them. Def- definitely redone a few. <laughs> yeah. No, some of the old ones are, um, are quite shocking, but you've got to you got to start somewhere. Um, I think I've always uh, been able to talk in, in front of people. Um, I was... I was school captain in primary school and I was captain of the rugby team, so I was used to doing speeches, but uh, not so much in front of a camera. So the, the camera itself and trying to work out what to say when no one's prompting you, you know, like this situation where you're asking me a question, I answer it, it's a bit easier when you're standing in front of a camera and you're trying to come up with the question and the yep. answer. It, um, it can be challenging. Yeah, um, it is challenging. <laughs> I know when I just did the award video, um, we had a bloopers reel as well, so <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't come naturally for me. Um, so around fifty a month, sometimes. How many all up do you think you've done? Um, yeah, it would be well over a thousand Jesus, that, that wow. we'd have. So um, yeah, I, I we That's actually crazy. don't have a we've lost track because the systems have changed as they've grown. So, um, yeah, yeah, I would, it was definitely it would definitely be over a thousand. Um, I'd say at least probably three hundred odd promotional ones, and, and mostly wow. internal. I'm loving that Carly's getting more involved in the videos too. That really excites me. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, she's great. She's always said she should have been on home and away. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, my favourite videos each month are definitely the the SPM news ones that we shoot together. That so was going to be my next. My next question, what, what has been your favourite video? And, um, well, tell us a bit about the SPM News and whose idea was that? Uh, well, there's two parts to it. So the SPM Bytes is, is our newsletter that goes out to pretty much all, all of our clients, um, but you can, um, you can subscribe to our, our newsletter if you want to. Um, and that, that concept was our marketing manager's idea, Nicole's. Um, but the SPM News was, was Oscar's idea, the videographer. So I didn't quite finish that before. But, yeah, Mitch was our original videographer. But he got homesick and moved back to Darwin. So Oscar came on. Who uh, gets homesick and moves back to Darwin? <laughs> yeah. It was a good excuse anyway. Uh, but, yeah, Oscar, Oscar joined us, I think, February last year. And, and the last 18 months, he's just taken it to the next level with... Um, yeah, what he's able to do with it. So uh, he can produce really high quality videos, but also quite fast. So uh, I love Oscar. I love yeah. seeing him in the job interview um, videos, um, and just his uh, his personality, his mannerism, just change from the two different um, characters was was unreal. I remember looking at it going, "Is this one of Tom's employees? I mean, surely he doesn't send him out to the customers." Yeah, well, uh, when he, he plays Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's great. And um, I think that is probably my favourite video, the interview one, uh, in terms of, you know, how we created it and, and built it. But, um, yeah, in terms of a general series, the SPM News is definitely my favourite with, with Carly. I like the comedy that, that comes into it. It's it's, it, um, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, it takes us, you know, about 45 minutes to an hour each month to, to shoot it and it's a good laugh for an hour, so. Yep. Yeah. It's good seeing a husband and wife having that banter, isn't it, darling? Oh, yes. We have a lot of banter. <laughs> we do. Um, I want to borrow Oscar. I don't know whether Tom would, <laughs> would no, let I've you. I've got some awesome you know, roadkill diaries. Yeah, 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 but Tom's got him full time. Aussie termite tours. I want to take him on the road with me. Yeah. I've got a few ideas, a few concepts. I really want. I want to borrow Oscar. 
I'm going to pinch him off you for a bit. Tom's okay. not loving this idea, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> it depends. If I'm on leave, he might run out of work. So, you know. Well, there you go. We'll see that when you're on leave and then I can... So what's he doing now while you're on holidays? Oh, he's still, he's still quite involved with marketing and that's where he took it to the next level. He's, he's um, a really good support for Nicole in the marketing and um, he helps with the social media stuff. So, there's, yeah, we're fortunate enough there's always something for him to do. Yeah, okay. Um, and you've got a, an online event coming up later on um, next month, um, a, a webinar. Yeah, yes, it's it's a big big annual conference in Brisbane called Something Digital, and yep. uh, they've actually asked Suburban to be one of their featured open studios, going behind the scenes on some of their digital transformation work, um, you know, like the office, the text, marketing and video. Um, it's actually a free online event, open to anyone, so if anyone listening wants to come, they just need to go to our events tab on our Facebook page, uh, or just make sure you're on the, the mailing list at Suburban. Cool. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. We'll, we'll delve more into the videos and the marketing, but also other digital innovation you know, uh, that we've done, you know, going from paper-based to um, to digital-based with ServiceMate, things like that. Touching on ServiceMate, was that part of the driving force about making these videos? Because I know we use ServiceMate, and I know there's an option there where you can actually attach uh, attachments or video, training videos, um, specifically to different job categories. Is that something you've done, or you've just... We haven't integrated it into ServiceMate, is okay. that what you mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've got the knowledge article and you can have the links and yeah. whatnot, but we found it it wasn't that functional, yep. uh, particularly if it's in the one app, yep. then you, you're kind of drifting or you're stuck going from one to the other. So we've kept the videos separate to, to ServiceMate. Yep. Okay. Um, and with your videos, so you've got your training videos, your marketing videos, obviously the marketing videos are open to the public. But the training videos, you've kept them in-house? Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> it's, um, it's something that we I, – I I'm happy to, to promote um, how we do things to the industry. I don't yep. mind. They're not really – for the most part, the way we do things is not a secret. I don't mind sharing those things. And I have shared a number of videos to the industry in the past. Um, and I actually looked at – well, we actually looked at it, Kelly and I um, – Back in 2018, we thought there's an opportunity to, to promote the videos to the industry to help with the training. Uh, but there was a number of hurdles with that. Um, and, you know, it's as simple as if we, if we didn't do things perfectly, uh, you know, we could get a hard time for it. Yeah. So, Keyboard warriors. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we had a really tough year in 2019. We, we lost um, a number of key staff. Our office manager um, oh, okay. fell pregnant and, and went oh, on maternity leave. So, yeah, I know. We were so stoked for her. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know we lost uh, two, two great technicians, two of our best technicians to other industries, uh, which is another battle in itself. Is we, You know, there's a number of technicians that um, don't want to do pest control anymore. So uh, one guy became a fiery and the other guy... A correctional officer so okay uh you know we, we just lost a few key staff and and doing the training thing became yeah i i had to get a lot more hands on carly had to get um, a lot more involved so um the, the training side of things kind of got parked for a while externally yeah but i still think it's something that um that we will get more involved with within the industry in the coming years Definitely. I mean, look, for me, coming from training, um, I'm looking at this, you know, potential resource you've got there. You've got a thousand videos there done. I mean, I know Rapid have been pushing for me to um, make training videos and we've done a handful of them, but, you know, they're 
very, very, very substandard compared to the quality that I've seen of yours. Um, and it's just, and for me, it's just so overwhelming. Like, where do I start? There's just so many, um, you know, training aspects that to do to make videos out of them. And, and they're not easy. I mean, you, you just got to have the right situation, the right scenario. And, and like you said, you've got to be on point with absolutely everything because there's always going to be someone sitting back watching those training videos going, hey, he's not wearing, you know, that particular PPE or he's just sprayed this, he shouldn't be doing this. And so it's intimidating for me. I'm, oh, that's why I'm so hesitant. We've done a few, but but I'm thinking, you know, we've already done a 1,000 um, and I know there'd be pesties out there in our industry that'd be screaming um, out for this type of resource to, you know, just to even try and bring their current staff that are qualified up to that next level. And, um, and you know, and there's, you know... I won't go too much into the training, but there's definitely, definitely, definitely gaps. Um, you know, a lot of guys learn different ways, um, you know, and reading something or being shown something. But it's another thing to actually watch a video again and just sort of brush up and see it actually happening. I, I just know there'd be this huge potential for that. Um, so, I, yeah, I really want to explore that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's, um, it's one of those things. I, I agree with the videos you can see things that you can't read or if you're, I'm explaining something to you, you're picturing yep. it differently to, you know, we all have different filters so yep. you can be picturing what I'm saying differently. So I think the videos are really powerful in, oh, that's what he means when he says that. Um, but also the, the way that I'd built them was one to three minute videos for the most part. Short and sweet. So, so one, they can watch them and learn, but it doesn't really take away from, it doesn't negate the need to have that on-site training. Um, but it's more... Gee, I haven't done that job in about three months. I better just check the video, make sure that I haven't forgotten the steps, um, and then I can go and watch that that video. So they're already trained, but it's just oh, oh, that's so, right. I've got. So your staff have got access to those training videos twenty four seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's they cool. can they can log in and, and do them. What we've created uh, in the last sort of eighteen months is also um, it's called LMS three six five. It's a training platform, so we can embed the videos and then embed quizzes. And then we can uh, enrol people into the training and, and then we can see where they're at, if they're progressing, if they've started, if they've completed it. Um, and, and then we can, yeah, we can put everybody through the training so we know that they've done it. So you created your own training package completely? I didn't build it myself. It's, uh, it's connected to 365, Microsoft 365. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we, we've essentially built our own training within their platform. That's cool. It is. I like that. Yeah, and, and like I know I've got a, we've got a couple of trainees on and it's hard to keep track of where they're up to and what have I showed them and what, I, what haven't I shown them and what I've told them. I guess having those videos that, you know, they can go back and identify the gaps themselves and um, it's all there. They can just systematically work through the videos and, and the training if you've created. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's great. And as I say, bring it back to, I'm, I'm more than happy to share the way we do the services with anyone else in the industry. Uh, I do get a lot of questions. People message me all the time asking different questions. I'm happy to, to give them advice when I, when I get a minute to, to reply. Um, for me, um, yeah, if, if we're all doing a better service, then it's a better image for the industry. Oh, 100%. And, it's know, all about raising the bar within the industry. Mm. Um, I know when I when we first moved to Noosa, I set myself a bit of a personal challenge that I want to personally raise the quality of pest control in Noosa, and that was my that was my challenge that I wanted to do. Yeah. And 
I think I've actually achieved that. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Just just the branding itself. When we first moved, yep. first moved in um, the website, the the branding of our vehicles, and we watched all, I guess, all our competitors in this town raise the bar. They they were seeing what we were doing, and yeah, they they sort of raised it, which which was great overall because we weren't really competing then. We we're sort of all all going down that that path I, I don't know I just I just think that we did it yeah we did a really good job when we first come to Noosa yeah definitely I mean yeah we, there's plenty of work out there for everybody and if we can raise the actual mm. perception by the public about pest management it just oh that's probably rapid message of me telling me to rein it in <laughs> <laughs> um, all right so yeah well what can what can we um, expect to see in the future with your videos with the promotional ones, um, there's, there's a few. I'll keep those cards close. There'll be something coming out in the next few months that I think will be a bit of a surprise. Top secret. To, to what people Oh, come on, Tom. Expect. We need a scoop. We'll, Exclusive we'll, scoop we'll, here. We'll, we'll ask him once we, um, we log off. And then I'll, and I'll secretly press the record button again. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's thinking oh, about I don't it. Know. I, might, I might get in trouble from my um, from my marketing team or from Carly. Um, yeah, look, I'll, I'll share it with you because I don't think it's too groundbreaking. It's it's a bit unusual. So I think it, it might be a surprise, but I really think DIY is something that I want to explore with our videos. Because you've already done a video on DIY. We did one recently and touched yeah. on it, but I think a DIY series, and I know it seems a little bit backwards but no. for me i i I'm see that people one are that way inclined if people yes. want to build a cabinet they'll yep. build a cabinet they don't they don't have to go and buy one you know so those that are handy and want to do things themselves are going to do it regardless yes so if we can give them the right advice and give them tips the reality is they, they probably can't buy the products the same products but they may be able to get away with the products that they can purchase but the context of the videos is to show that it's not just picking up something and just giving it a bit of a spray and you know there's a lot more to pest control so the DIY is to try and help those that are that way inclined anyway and then if they realize that hey there is a bit more to pest control than I realized then it might give us a little bit more respect and, and a better image for the industry and and they might go you know what I might just get the professional to do this one. Oh, there's rapid messaging again oh. they're getting nervous <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, that's probably Carly messaging me. No, it could be. What are you talking about? I can't get through to Tom. Tell him to shut up. <laughs> um, now, mate, I'm 100% on par with you on that because you'll actually notice when you walk into our office there, we've got like a little retail shelf, mm. you know, yep. and as you said and pointed out, um, you know, there's that element of the, the consumers that will going to be DIY regardless. So if I can point them in the right direction, right, um, and, you know, uh, and use products that might work with what they were access to. I don't sell concentrates. I have a, a personal a policy that I won't sell actual liquid concentrates, but anything that's ready to use, any of the aerosols, any of the baits, any of the you know the physical products there, I'm more than happy to sell directly to the actual um, public. Um, okay. And the beauty of it is I can, when they do come in, I can explain to them, you know, how to use it safely and, and effectively. Um, and if they can, you know, use it effectively, then they're going to get the results that they actually want. And that's, you know, how often do you walk into someone's house and they've sprinkled ant sand over the kitchen bench? You know, they just they probably just don't know um, how to use the product effectively, and so they resort to these, um, you know, scary 
methods sometimes. Um, so I think if we can guide them, and I know I've lost count a number of times where customers have actually walked in and say, you know, I, I want some stuff for ants, and then I'll start going through what products we've got available to them, and in the end they've ended up just going to me, you know what, just come and do it. You just yeah. come and do it, yeah. Sounds too complicated. Exactly, yeah. By the time you explain it all, they realise there's a lot more to it. Yeah. And I'm better off just getting the professional. Yeah. Like, if they come in and say, oh, I've got an ant problem. I go, oh, what kind of ants? And they go, uh, uh, little ones. And then I go, oh, are they sugar feeders or are they protein feeders? Uh, I don't know. And so, yeah, they soon start to realise that it's a little bit more than just, you know, sprinkling down some ant sand and they're all done. But, yeah, so I'm 100% on board there with the, the, the DIY concept, mate, because yeah. there's always going to be that... Um, that element, that percentage of the consumers that are always going to be DIY, and if we can at least, you know, give them the correct information and how to use things safely, and and that's the problem with pesticides is that when the consumers get their hands on it, they just they don't they just don't know how to use it properly. That's the problem. They're not deliberately doing it. They just don't know how to use it safely and, and effectively. Um, so if we can guide them down that path, then it's it's a win win for everybody. I reckon. Yeah. Exactly. So, no, love it, mate. Absolutely love it. All right. Um, now, suburban pest management, it's really, really grown since you guys have taken over. So when you started, you said you had... So when Carly and I uh, took over yep. 10 years ago, yep. there was nine nine in the team. Yep. And now? Uh, 40 in the team. Hey, 40? Yeah. <laughs> I think 40, 41, something like that, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, and, and particularly that growth has been in the last two years. Okay. So, and you've put a lot of effort in um, putting together that perfect team and that perfect culture that's been a, a big focus of yours. Absolutely. You, you have to make commercial decisions as a company, but you, you, you need to have a real focus on your culture. So everyone that, I, that Carly and I interview, we, we have a real focus on, on um, whether there'll be a right cultural fit in terms of attitude and, and um, you know, what they're bringing to it. So it's not so much about skill set or experience. Um, it's about, you know, because you can teach those things. It's much harder to teach. Okay, so that attitude. actually leads us directly to a question from one of our listeners. Um, so I don't know if you saw on Facebook, I'll put a post up that we're going to be interviewing you and anybody got any question, burning questions. Okay. So Ben Cargill actually message. Uh, I'd be interested to know his preference on hiring, say, a tech with three to five years of experience that may or may not have developed bad habits or a clean skin that may or may not have poor work ethic. So that sort of relates back to what you were just talking about then. Yeah. um, So if the question is is more around, yeah, if they've got a poor work ethic or um, if they've got bad habits, um, I think, yeah, it's a tricky question. I think the bigger piece is I, I like um, experienced techs that, that come to us with about three to five years experience. It seems like they've got a good foundation a lot of the time um, and most of them tend to understand that they have gaps in their training and they're not that experienced and you know even guys 20, 30 years experience will say they're still learning all the time and there's always, there's always new things. So I think if you have that attitude that you're wanting to learn then um, then that's great. Um, so three to five years experience, I think, is, is can be an ideal technician. I think it is too because they're at that stage where they know the pest controls for them. You get a lot of yeah. guys coming in and then you know one to two years after, you know what, nah, pest control is not for me. Um, that three to five year mark, they know that's it's a career choice for them now. Yeah. Um, and they want to – and it's at that point, I reckon, that they really decide they really want to grow and better themselves and learn a lot more. Um, yeah. It's yeah. Just, it's just hard finding those guys. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's been the hardest part. So, um, all right. So, how have you gone about recruiting and, and building that team that you've been so uh, diligently trying to do? Um, as I say, you, I think uh, the focus has been on clients, particularly in that early stage. The thing that my mother and father did really well was was they had an excellent level of service for the clients. What Carly and I have tried to extend on is is that cultural focus of as we've grown, uh, the more we support the team. I think it's, it's a Richard Branson saying, you look after your team, they'll look after your clients. And I, I do think that's true. Uh, a lot of my focus is on on how do we support the team, how do we, we make uh, help them give a better delivery of service and, and in turn they, they offer that better better service to our clients. The clients are happy and then you just continue to grow. So um, obviously pay is a big one, so we, we've always looked to pay more than I think what, what most is, is, is going around, but there's so much more to that to, to it than that. I think... Uh, I like the saying, uh, I think wages is a bit like good looks in a relationship. It's it's what attracts you initially, but it, it doesn't last. So if the person, if, if there's underlying issues and, and it's cultural issues, if it's a terrible place to work, no matter how much money, it's it's not an enjoyable place to work. So I think, uh, you know, money can be the biggest factor in why people come on board anywhere. But um, but you've got to look at yeah conditions. It's funny. Some people come on board and go, "What's this half an hour in the middle of my day?" And I go, "Well, that's your lunch break." You know, like that. I've been working in pest control for thirty years. I've never had that. Um, so lunch there's... break. What is that? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> so there's things that well, we. I thought a lunch break was when you drive in the car to your next job. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so you know, having lunch breaks, working different working conditions, um, a supportive culture. So if you're stuck on a job, we know someone else will, will be able to help you so focusing on on what our values are and and, and supporting each other have uh, you been talking to client writer no i haven't actually <laughs> it feels like i'm having a repeat interview here it's like deja vu okay <laughs> <laughs> no she's saying exactly the same concepts uh with conquered termites yeah um, that's what they've really really been building on trying to build that supportive network with each other within the actual team um so that's cool that's awesome so where have you recruited most of your staff from? What have you found the most successful way of recruiting staff as far as, are we talking Seek, Facebook, or just people walking in the door because they just they love to look at your face on, on the videos? Yeah, um, praying to the pesty gods and hoping for the right person. There's, um, there's been all sorts of, of um, different ways that, that people have come on board. Um, Seek has not been successful with no. technicians. Yeah, uh, It has been with... with administrative okay. work um, we, yeah. but uh, with technicians we've tried uh, we've tried Seek obviously um, the Garrards people have found us on the Garrards website when we can put ads there uh, a lot of it is is referral and uh, or people come, some people have oh, I've just come back from Perth and I, I saw the shop so I thought I'd you know and then you, you get a great tech so some of it's just sheer luck Um. But uh, I think, yeah, the, the big piece is we're trying to, to get um, our image out there to the industry that, um, that we're a great place to work. So, uh, you know, those that are looking, um, hopefully we'll, we'll, um, we'll want to come and have a chat because we are continuing to grow. So, um, How big do you want to get? <laughs> the, yeah, I, I haven't really got a clear... Carly and I talk about it often and we, we don't really have a, a clear this is, you know, 
we want to be the biggest. Yeah. It's it's more about our vision is to be the go to company for pest management in Australia. So it doesn't mean we have to be the biggest. We yeah. just want to to be that go to company. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely can see potential to easily have a hundred technicians in southeast Queensland. There's enough work in the area. So from that perspective, yeah, we can we can continue to grow in this area before we even go into. Oh, state I couldn't handle the stress so. levels. No way. <laughs> How big of an area do you do you service? Sunshine Coast to Gold Coast, um, and and Lockyer Valley, Somerset region. So I don't think Noosa can handle forty texts from us. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick to Noosa, little old Noosa. Um, now. Um, what makes up the bulk of your work? You do a lot of pre-construction, don't you? We actually don't oh, do that much. Okay. We, we specialise in, in the difficult pre-construction, so architectural designs and, and those oh. sorts of things. But we, um, we only do about 10% pre-construction. So okay. we do majority termite work, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's fairly even split between domestic and commercial work overall. Okay. Um so now, last time we spoke, um, you were extremely passionate about um, Suburban's core values. Mm. Right. Tell us a bit more about these and, and why it's important to have these core values. Well, as I say, once, once we got clear on values, it, it's a key factor in when you're interviewing someone and, and whether or not you feel they're going to be the right cultural fit, if they're supportive. If, so our values are, are about support, about growth, uh, you know, personal, professional, about loyalty, um, and expertise so we don't want to do things that are unprofessional we don't want to give bad advice you know uh, but growth is really important so no matter how experienced we are we want people to to not have the mentality oh, i know enough i know it all you know no one wants that kind of employee so you you want someone who's open to learning new new things and new skills it doesn't mean hey you've never done pre-construction let's go do that it's more continuing to upskill yourself in what it, what you're good at and and, and continuing to grow but that's that's been massive, and as I say, support a supportive culture, and and we do things like every every anniversary, work anniversary, we we celebrate that with with a, with a small gift, and and we recognise the team for for being there over a period of time with with loyalty. Um, but ultimately, so with forty staff, there'd be one a week at least. This, um, well, it's we do it at the monthly monthly team meeting. Oh, okay, we'll yeah. do it. So normally there could be. Um, yeah, some months are, uh, have been a great month traditionally, so there could be five or six in, in, in some months. Uh, but what I was going to say was bringing it back to when you have little things that pop up, uh, it could be an incident on a job or, um, you know, those sorts of things. I think bringing it back to the values, because if we get stuck in the content of this issue, you can get a bit of he said, she said, you can get a disagreement. But if you bring it back to, well, this is, you know, our value is expertise and ultimately I understand why you did that, but it, we didn't come across professionally in that situation as an example. So it's pretty hard for people to argue with our values. Um, if, you know, for example, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you can get caught up in the detail of an issue, but ultimately when you, when you bring it back to your values and, people that don't align with it for example some guys just want to skip out um, as quick as they can each day and we all want to have an early day but if you've got someone struggling on a, a terminal treatment and and they need help and someone finishes at lunchtime it's like well can you go and help them our team are more than happy hey i'll go and help them because i know i don't want to be stuck there till five o'clock on the day that i get caught up so 
if you have someone that goes, I'm not helping, that's not, I've finished my day and want to go home, but that's not what our value's about. Yep. So um, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. So you have these values actually written down, listed, um, so the team can actually refer back to them or are they just a sort of a yeah, well, loose knit we, concept? Well, um, yeah, we did, we did have them. When we actually, now that I think about it, when we renovated, I think they came down. So uh, we've got our vision and our mission statement on the wall. Yep. It's part of our induction process. Everyone's clear on these sorts of things. Um, but, uh, yeah, ultimately it's just we, we bring it back to it, – it's not necessarily just those four values. It's just what are we about and, and when we're making decisions, you know, we make decisions based on that. Uh, it could be about a client if you've got – a client with a problem and they've been a client for 10 years you probably bend over backwards to, to help them compared to you know a, um, you know a client who's just been difficult wants the cheapest job and they've been there a couple of months and I like it so. I like it because I'm thinking you know whenever you sort of get put in a position where you need to make a decision about a client or a decision about a staff member or a decision about a marketing strategy or a decision about growth it's handy to go back to those those core values and go, all right, does this align with our core values? I like it. And I think it's crucial as we grow mm. because um, we, we, we had a great family business vibe when we're smaller and as we grow, we become more commercial and more – you have different divisions. You branch off into commercial specialists and, and termite specialists, but you want to keep the business what you had, what you So built. do you do that? Do you divide your – business up into those different divisions or you have your techs are multi do everything or you have those specialists yep. but uh, but we don't have divisions as such where yep. they're over there and we, we all kind of overlap uh, but um, but yeah you want you want to use people's strengths and yeah okay alright now it's one thing to be good at managing pests right? but it's a completely different matter to be good at managing a business and staff so what's your secret? Surely your parents just didn't, you know, hand you the reins of suburban and you suddenly developed this superpower. How did you grow to the person you are now? Where, how did you learn? It's a, it's a great question. <clears throat> uh, yeah, definitely learned a lot of, of mother and father um, over the years, so that, particularly those first five years when I, when I came out of school. Understanding the business principles and the service um, with the clients was was a massive. They were a massive help. Um, I guess I've just always been interested in, in wanting to change. I think probably since I was at least sixteen, I just wanted to make a change in some way. And uh, yeah, to me, making an improvement in a business in an industry is. Uh, was a great way to do it so uh, I've just always wanted to, to read and learn and, and do different things and as I say my focus is more been about clients and staff than it has about pests so I like to think I'm pretty knowledgeable with, with pests I don't think you could achieve successful business not knowing that side of it but I don't have the le- anywhere near the level of um, technical knowledge that yourself would have for example um, uh, look, so. understanding pest biology is only going to take you so far <laughs> And that's yeah, and I think it's great. I admire how much you know, um, but yeah, that's what that's what I mean. And my focus has always been about our clients and our yep. staff, and and I think that's what's what's helped grow the business. And both Kelly and I have had 
our different roles and, and, and the skill set she brings to the team has been massive and, and obviously it's more been about that admin that admin side of it and mine was more the technical but as we've grown it's uh, it's funny it's it's kind of flipped in a way I've had a lot of focus on the, the business systems from an admin perspective over the last few years and and Carly is excellent at the technical. She knows exactly the steps that, that every job needs to take and it would take 30 seconds for her to open up a job and see a step that the technicians missed. And these are the things that it's hard to teach other people. They, they can't see that. It just comes with experience many years. Well, I'm in awe at what you do, Tom. I've been watching you over the years, you and Carly, and I, I just love you guys and I love what you have done. Thank you. But if, you've had the, uh, if you had the opportunity to do it all again, what would you do differently? <laughs> Would you do it differently? Yeah, it's it's a tricky one. I I think the main thing for Carly and I is we, we did sacrifice our youth. We were twenty three when we took over, so we were very young and we worked really hard even in our early twenties. So if we're gonna do it differently I probably would have uh, liked to have travelled a bit more and probably had a bit more time before kids and all of that where we could have had a a bit more time to ourselves and freedom and, and travel and all of that. So that's not so much a business, changing yep. how we do the business side of it. But the flip side is maybe things wouldn't have panned out if, if we had have waited and, and done things different. Yep. Um, yeah, in terms of how we've done things different, I think just uh, probably getting clearer on, on those core values and, and recruiting better in the early stages. We, you know, you still end up with staff that, that don't work out from time to time. That first three months, six months is is a telling stage um, someone yeah whether or not they're going to be a fit for the long term but in those early stages of business that's when it really hurts you when you when you ex- expend that money because there's a lot of time and energy in in any new recruit uh, and yeah it really hurts you as a small business so i think um the main thing would have been just yeah picking a bit w- more wisely with some people not just picking because they're the only option um you know probably sometimes you're better off without that extra team member than with the wrong one. Yeah, so um, being a husband and wife team means you pretty much work, eat, sleep together. You've got a young family. How do you make that work? It's certainly challenging and it has its bad days or bad weeks at times. But um, I think because we're both passionate about, uh, about what we're achieving. Do you have bad weeks? <laughs> we don't. We don't have bad weeks, do we, darling? Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Bad months. <laughs> yeah. We all have it. Yeah, yeah. I think any any um, business with partners, it, it, it's extremely challenging. Um, we've always supported each other, and, and as I say, it, it works well because we have different skill sets and different things we bring to the business. Uh, I try not to talk about work too much after work um, at times, but I know that... <laughs> I, I know made that, a TikTok over that. <laughs> I, know, I know that it can be challenging, and particularly for Carly, if she wants to debrief about her day and, and that, and we, we will talk work, but um, I think being able to find other things, uh, you know, like the kids or just having time to yourself, um, I think uh, trying to get away for, for one day, one day a month, just the two of us, and get away from work and, and all of that, I think it's really important to help. Yeah, definitely. I, look, I know for us, Jay and I do always joke about we have bad days or bad weeks, but to be honest, we tend to bounce off each other and I know you and Carly are, are, are very similar and uh, we tend to work better as a team than we do separately. But I think one of the things that we've always done is, yeah, we'll have days or holidays where it's just Jay and I without the kids, 
we do our family holidays um, and then we do our separate holidays. I let him go off and then I'll go off and do a girly, yep. girly trip. I'm out of here next week. I'm he gone. <laughs> I'm going up the Gulf of Carpentaria with the boys for a week and a half and I'm so hanging out for that. Yeah, yeah, nice. Me too. Me too. I've got the girls coming over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. She loves it when I go away. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, so what do you do when you're not working? How do you relax? Uh Personally, for myself, I yeah, I, I love a bit of golf or, or ride the bike, um, spend time with with the kids um, as as a family. Yeah, Kelly, I mean Kelly and I love to to go out to a nice restaurant or just have a, a night to ourselves. So I think that's important. With we've got three young kids and it's a, it's a busy lifestyle, but if we can have one night where we just ha- have dinner to ourselves, I think that really helps the relationship and and with life. Um, yep, date nights. Yeah. We have a lot of those, don't we? We do, darling. Yeah, we've made, a, we've made a point of creating date nights and that it's my turn to create date nights. So I have to book a restaurant and then next time around it's your turn to create date night and Nikki books somewhere. I hide my phone now, though. I've, I'm not allowed to have the phone on the table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's caused many arguments. <laughs> yes, we won't go into that. <laughs> yeah, so Remember those, we were talking before about bad weeks? Yeah. <laughs> One of those bad weeks started after a date night and someone answered their phone. During yeah. date night. Yep. So I don't do that anymore. Anyway, that's that another story. No, that's so. All right, all right. So speaking of that, we've all got at least one funny story while working as a pasty, and, and I'm sure you having 40 staff, you've got a whole heap of them. Is there one particular story that sort of sticks out to you? Something that one of your technicians has done. They'll be one of your technicians. They'll be an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's probably two two funny stories that I can think of. One was uh, my, myself in, in the early first couple of years. I was treating a wasp nest, uh, quite like quite a big nest high up in a tree. I think it might have been at a school. And I had to stand on the top of the ladder. So probably not real workplace health and safety conscious, but I was on the ladder and I had to so treat I it above So I my me. staff, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was, I'd, I'd hit it, I can't even remember what I was using to treat it, but... Um, I was watching it as I was stepping down the ladder and I was in the middle of this field and I could have sworn that I was on the bottom rung of the ladder but I was <laughs> I was three steps from the, the ground. So as I put my foot down, there was no ground and I've just landed yeah, flat on my back. And naturally, the first thing I did was jump to my feet and see if anyone saw. <laughs> and luckily, it was six o'clock in the morning so no one, no one was around. Um, but yeah, I've had a few good wasp jobs like that. But um, the, the I reckon some of my funniest stories all involve bees or wasps, and it always involves me running, tearing <laughs> off my clothes, and going. Aah! Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a funny story that happened this year was uh, one of our guys. Uh, he'd been with us a few years, and and he called me one day to say, "Look, you know that when I when I came on, I always wanted to be a Sparky, and." Um, because I've had a few guys like um, the fiery I talked about. He came on board and wanted to be a fiery and he knew it would take a long time. And I said, well, come be, come do pest control until you're successful. And so he kind of did the same thing. He he did pest control with us for four or five years and he called us one day to say, look, I've, I've actually been offered an apprenticeship with uh, uh, electrical apprenticeship. Um, you know that I, I always wanted to do that. I just ended up in pest control because it didn't work out. And I said, oh, look, I understand. I appreciate you calling me about that. He said, oh, there's just one condition. I need you to chat to them as a reference. And so he gives me the name of the company and who I need to talk to. And it's my best mate. 
he, um, Nathan from from NM Electrical. Um, so he's applied, and uh, so I called I called my best mate. Go, what's going on? Pretending to have a go at him, but he he said he had two hundred applicants, and and Lewis was the best applicant that he had out of anyone. Um, Did he not see your name as like the reference on the is that his resume? Um, I think he yeah he. he Obviously, my mate realised, yep. but he's interviewed him anyway because he said he was, um, yeah, had, had a good good work history. He knew that if he worked for me, that he would he would be all right. And um, he said yeah, he was the only one like keen calling, following up sort of thing. So, um, but it was it was quite a bizarre situation. I don't think he under he realised yep. who was who was going to work for. Um, but in the end, I said, "Yeah, look, I, I had that funny situation where I could have said, don't hire him,' and I could have kept him, but I wasn't going to do that. It, um, it's what he wanted to do." Um, and so, yeah, we just had this funny situation, and then, um, yeah, I, I said, "That's fine. You can you can give him the job." So he he took the job, and then when we'd catch up for a beer each month, we'd, we'd chat about how. Well, that's what I was about to say. How's, how's he going? progressing? <laughs> Is he keep, still there? Keep tabs on him. <laughs> Is he as good as what I said he was going to be? Yeah, well, unfortunately, he's better at pest control than electrical. <laughs> so he, um, things didn't work out, and he's back working with us now. Was so, he? Yeah, oh, really? yeah. So uh, you realise pest control's his calling. So wow, well, there um, you go. But yeah, it's it's one of those funnies. Funny All right, stuff. mate. We better start wrapping it up. So we got to that uh, part of the episode where we uh, do our rapid fire questions. Okay. So this is where I ask you a series of questions. They're not discussion topics, topics as such. Uh, we can touch on them a little bit, uh, and feel free to pass uh, on any of them. Uh, all right, beer or wine after work? Uh, beer. Uh, you a morning or a night person? As long as I've got coffee, morning. Okay. Uh, AFL or NRL follower? Uh, more. I've always played rugby union, but yep. I'd follow NRL. Okay. More than anything. And he's hoping that uh, it's going to stay in Brisbane this mm. weekend. Yeah. It might get moved to Townsville. Did you hear that? Uh, no, I didn't hear that. No, there was a COVID, couple of COVID cases in Brisbane at the moment. Uh, so there's speculation that yeah, they might uh, go into damage control and shift the uh, the grand final up to Townsville. Mm. Anyway, let's get back to it. Uh, city or country life? Um, city went on with Carly, date nights and good restaurants, uh, yeah. but country, country life with the family, with the young kids. So. Yeah, okay. Boobs or bum? <laughs> uh, bum. <laughs> uh, Favourite termite bait? Used Requiem for a long time, and it's yep. it's always been effective. Yep, cool. Uh, favorite manufacturer? Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, not not just because we won the award, but BASF have have been um, a great company for a long time. They've always supported us and yep. um, been good. Cool. Uh, so, who's your favorite rep then? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a tricky one. There's, there's quite a few that we've met over the years. I think uh, Stuart Patterson's been the one that I've known for a long, sure, long yeah. time, and he's, he's been to a few different poll. places. We're starting a poll, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to start a poll. Yeah. Stuart's come up a few times. Is he? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's always been good to sure. good to deal with. Um, bait or barrier? Yeah, if you can do a soil treatment, we, yep. we would prefer to do that. Because you're big on soil replacement too, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how. By the time you dig it out, you've got tree roots and, and rock and, and clay. Most jobs have something. You need to add something back in normally. So Yep. Yeah. Okay, plugs or grout? Yeah, plugs. Plugs. Flow meter or stopwatch? Um, 
I've always calibrated in my head. Yep. So um, One, I've found two, three, four. <laughs> yeah. Stopwatch is good for retic. Uh, yep. Flow meters. Yeah, I've had them in the past out by twenty or thirty yeah. percent, and they end up actually more out than your head. Um, yep. So yeah, um, stopwatch. Uh, backpack or bulk tank? Uh, well, for for general pests, we use backpacks. Yep. Yeah, a bit more practical to get around. Yeah, you can't do ten mile work with a backpack. That take a little while. Yeah, uh, although I assessed some videos just recently, and yeah, they were doing it with a little plastic pump up sprayer. Anyway, <laughs> we won't go there. Uh, do you inspect clockwise or anti clockwise? Uh, well, if I'm doing a border spray, I am left handed, so I would go clockwise. But yep. if I'm inspecting, I use the moisture meter at the same time, so I'd go anti clockwise. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, rapid or Y mark. Why, Mark? Yep. Uh, domestic or commercial work? We do both, but I've always enjoyed domestic more with termite work. Yep. Uh, post-construction or pre-construction? Uh, yeah, post-construction. So I, I do enjoy you hesitated the, there. Why is that? Well, I, I, I rather enjoy the technical difficulties of architectural designs and, and in pre-construction extensions and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, far too many challenges with... With builders, yeah, um, and you serve a Sunshine Coast, don't you? So I can refer you all those pain in the butt ones. We can take your builders, yeah, yeah. yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, general pest work or termite work? Termite work, termite work. Uh, Riga or B and G? Riga. Yep. Garrard's Globe or AgServe? Yeah, I'm always been Garrard's. They've been great yep. for. Yeah, Garrett's going to lead this polar in Queensland. Yeah, they, well, in Queensland, yeah. yeah. They've got a big presence in Queensland. All right, and the last final question to see whether or not we can remain being friends. Do you call it an amphipod or a lawn prawn? Yeah, um, I'd say amphipod. I'd, yes. I'd, I'd, I, don't, uh, I don't really deal with them enough to, to, to um, have used the term much, but, uh, yeah, I don't use lawn prawn. Yes, they're not a prawn and they don't crawl on your lawn. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tom, it has been an absolute joy, mate. Um, uh, and look, mate, a big, big, big congratulations um, uh, on winning the Pest Manager of the Year Awards. I look forward to actually um, watching you from a distance and uh, seeing where you guys progress uh, to get bigger, to get to that 100 employees. Um, one day. Yeah, one day. Uh, so I'll be another one of those stalkers in the background, stalking your videos, watching your actual videos. Uh, Aniki. Thank you very much. Thank you, darling. It's been a pleasure, Tom. I've enjoyed today and I'm over the moon that you won Pest Manager of the Year. It was very well deserved. No, thanks very much, guys. Appreciate that. Appreciate your support. It, it's so awesome when you, when someone that you know personally um, wins Pest Manager of the Year. It's like, yeah, high five, fist pumping. You pump know in. they deserve it, though. You know, yeah. I, I know the hard work that you guys put in and what you give back to the industry. So um, I'm over the moon. I'm wrapped. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, cool. Um, and, mate, a uh, particular thank you for taking time out of your family holiday uh, to come up and have a chat to us here um, in Noosa. Yeah, um, no Yeah, that's it. Wait All right, guys uh, and listeners, I hope you've really, really enjoyed this episode. I hope you've got a lot out of it, as much as I've gotten out of it. Uh, and I'll catch you on another episode of the Pesty Profiles. <laughs>